0: You rescued me,
1: you gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus Hey guys, welcome
2: back to another episode of the CBC Unspoken Podcast Actually, I kind of want to start today off a little bit differently I got a joke for y'all <laughs> how does god make coffee and the only reason why i'm asking this is because i need some extra coffee working third shift sucks <laughs> yeah i'm sure he brews it uh, <laughs> that's wow. a good one. john just that's said a good, a good one.
0: one what was that that what you just said john uh jesus preached i'm the way the truth and life." little kid says no way and Jesus says, Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: welcome back, guys. This is a um, our second episode of a three-part series. Um, Tyler, why don't you tell them what we're talking about today?
3: Okay, so like John mentioned, our um, our series kind of goes into the different roles of the household and the different roles of a family. Um, in our first episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But we talk about the roles of the man in the household and also the roles of men in um, church. Um, so today we're going to talk about the, um, the roles of women. And this, is, uh, <coughs> this can be a lot of times in today's world a controversial topic just because of how society is so much different today than it was in biblical times. Mm-hmm. But um, Paul still speaks to us many times and gives us different um, roles and stuff for both men and women that are still applicable to the church in today's times. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Excuse me. And so, we're going to dive into this a little bit. And uh, first, we're going to talk about the women's roles in the marriage and the household.
0: If I could, real quick, Tyler, I just kind of want to add to what you were just saying um, before we get started. As you were saying, this can be a very, very controversial topic. Mm -hmm. And listen to something like this and, you know... It can almost be perceived, you know, as three guys sitting around talking about what the women are supposed to be doing, you know. <laughs> it can almost be misperceived as, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, misogynistic, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, it, and, it, can, it can
3: almost seem like you're mansplaining. Right.
0: Way, and I just want to kind of clarify and just put it out there right now for all the listeners here. That's not what we're doing. No. You know? um, this is just simply, you know, like indicating, you know what the uh what the Bible says are the roles for men and and women, um, you know each has specific roles. Man is not you know greater than the other. You know it's nothing like that. You know so, uh, just kind of want to put that out there. This is this is just one you know just another 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 time of you know it's just trying to grow in the Word. You know become more knowledgeable and efficient in the Word of God, and um, just diving deep in its truth. You know, yeah, and more. and. You know, just to expound
3: on that is we have a ton of scriptures talking about this stuff. So what we're saying on this podcast right now, it's going to be scripturally motivated and we are going to talk about it and back it up with scripture. We're not here to browbeat people. We we talked about, honestly, on the last podcast about how men need to step up and how they need to, you know, be leaders in the home. And we're not going to browbeat women just like we didn't browbeat men. I mean, obviously it's different when we're talking about men because we're, you know, we're men. We're saying Um,
2: essentially this is what God says, not what we say. This is not going off of personal opinion or personal beliefs. This is going off of what Scripture says.
3: Right, right. And, And any podcast that we do, we've discussed this multiple times. We want everything we do to be about what it says in God's Word. We don't want this to be about personal beliefs personal convictions though we can provide insight into how we personally think about it but anything we say on here we want to back up with scripture and I feel like with this it's especially important because we are going to talk about a lot of scriptures that go with our topics and subtopics for today's um today's topic of women's roles so um the first subtopic I have is um is wives submit to husbands. Um, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Um, you know, that kind of builds off what we talked about last week about um, husbands loving your wives mm-hmm. um, as you as the Christ loves the church, as Christ loves the church. In the same manner, it's broken down as a hierarchy right here mm-hmm. in the household where um, women need to submit to husbands as you know, as the husband submits to Christ. Um, and it's explicit right here. Um, that men is the man is the head of the household. Um, anybody want to? Well, it's
0: um uh, you know, as we were kind of talking uh, in the last podcast with Rose of the Men, w- w- this really goes back to the beginning, mm-hmm. I mean, very all the way back to the beginning. You know, I mean, we all know the story, you know, by now of, of the fallen man, you know, how. Adam, and Eve dis- you know blatantly disobeyed God, you know, by eating the the fruit from mm-hmm. the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the reason it's like this now is because, uh, well, for one, because it was God's design, you know, He made, you know, Eve for Adam, you know, have a help meet. Mm-hmm. Um but um, knowing that he he was pretty much alone on the earth, you know, all the animals had companionship and yeah. stuff, and had had, you know, had others that they could they can adorn with except him. Mm-hmm. You know, so the he was you know, woman was originally basically created by God in order to be companion for a man. But mm-hmm. once they disobeyed and it was the curse of mankind is when it started. You know, you know, wives were, you know, from the very eco, I mean that was one of the curse of the women your your eyes are gonna be for your husband only, mm-hmm. you know, your desire is going to be for your husband only. And that wasn't saying that she, you know, um, that uh, a man is supposed to be domineering over her, but that's just basically saying, you know, your marriage is not going to be marred because of the sin, mm-hmm. you know, because of sin. And, uh, but, and your husband's not always going to do the right things, but even still, you have to submit to his will and you have to stay loyal to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it talks about that too. And I, I got it pulled up right here,
3: First Timothy um, chapter 2. Um, in chapter 12, it, it, that's the whole verse about, you know, women not to teach and you serve authority over the man. Right. But right after that, in, chap- in verse 13, it says, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived exactly. was in mm-hmm. the transgression. Right. So it kind of takes it back to the garden, like you said, right. um, and shows the reason for it um, being the structure that it is.
0: Now, yeah, with that being said, you know, um, I think there are specific roles for men, specific roles for women. You know, and, they, and we're obviously we're going to get to that more. You know, there's what the roles that women have, men are not qualified for. Yeah. You know, men you know are not called to do. It would not be as good for the role. You know, uh, the woman would is the more qualified in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, this you know women to submit to husbands. You know, basically what that means is you know it's going to be the man in the end that's going to have to answer for what how he allows you know the con, or what he allows as far as the conduct of his home and the upbringing and the and, and the growth of his home
3: and and like the garden too um you know like we talked about last week God specifically gave Adam the command don't eat of this tree right mm-hmm. he didn't directly give that command to Eve right. so it was Adam's wow. role as head to pass that. It down. was his
2: role as a leader because Adam was designed to be the leader, and Ad, and Eve was designed to be the helpmate, the helper right. in that relationship. So it's like you said, it's on Adam because he didn't communicate that and, to. Eve, which is God, why communication. God
3: came to Adam after that too. He yeah. Came to Adam looking for Adam. Yeah. Right. But even that's still, actually Eve's a really good here. point.
2: Yeah, because God didn't go to Eve. Looking for her, even though she ate of the fruit, he went to Adam because it was his responsibility.
0: Well, but it also, though, clearly indicates, and you know, in the Bible, you know, when Satan was there, the serpent was there trying to deceive her, you know, she specifically stated that we're not to, God said we are not to eat of this, this. Mm -hmm. so she knew, yeah, you're right, yeah, you know, and so the, the scripture doesn't clearly indicate that the woman spoke to her, or I mean, God spoke to her directly. You know, give her that word. Yeah. You know, I personally believe that just you know because I personally believe that uh, that yeah I, Eve did communicate that with her, and that's how she did know, uh, because that completely lines up with the rest of Scripture. Uh, the and and, and and all and the and the broader scale of things, all Scripture ties together. You know, God might sometimes change his methods. The flood, per se. Yeah. You know. God may change his methods, but he doesn't change his nature. His nature never changes. So, I mean, Scripture completely from front to back lines up completely. So I don't believe that she's going to know that that was a sin because God directly communicated with her, not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I believe, according to what Scripture is saying, uh, the rest of Scripture says, you know, as the husbands are the ones that are supposed to be the, pro- the, the protector, provider, priest in the home like yeah. we talked about last time, that that was a role for him to communicate to her mm-hmm. uh, you know we got the Holy Spirit is the intercessor to Jesus where mm-hmm. Jesus is the intercessor to the Father yeah. uh, where the husbands are the intercessors to the wives you know what I'm saying yeah. like you know God direct Jesus direct, directly communicates with us and then we therefore communicate through our wives yeah. not saying that Jesus doesn't communicate with them but when it comes to the role of the home a spiritual well being of the home that falls on the man they're one of the ones that's going to have to answer that in the end uh so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I personally believe that, that, yeah, I mean, Adam did communicate that with her, but just like we all fall prey to from time to time. I mean, the the deception of the sake of the enemy was over, overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely,
2: know? it is. Is I mean, well, speaking from a man's point of view, we're flesh. We are imperfect people. Mm-hmm. That is not an excuse to sin. Right. Number one, but like you said. We all fall short right. every single day of every single week of every single year. But that's why we have to strive not for perfection, but for what what's the word I'm trying to look for, for success. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we're trying to be that role model that we're supposed to be for our wives and for our kids. And if we're not even striving for success, then how are we ever going to succeed? Mm-hmm. In well, being the spiritual leader and in being a um, good husband and a good father.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, we're made. You know, Bible talks about you know us being perfect, mm-hmm. um, and how we are to be perfect. But you know, thank God, the glorious thought is none of us. I mean, our righteousness is filthy rags. There's no, yeah, birth, none righteous. No, not one. No, our perfect, our perfection is come by the righteousness that's placed within us. You know, we inherited God's perfection. Yeah. You know, so. <clears throat> It's um, you know, I believe yeah, Adam did communicate that with her. She was deceived, and then, you know, knowing the curse that was on her, Adam knowingly partook of the sin of, the, of not necessarily maybe because he was deceived by the woman, but just because he had so much love for her that he didn't want to yeah. order, to, to go through that kind of curse alone. Not justifying it by all means, but it's almost—I mean—it's kind of admirable. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, you know.
2: That he could have just okay. said, Bye, yeah, see you later. Yeah, he could have just
0: kinda of said, You know what? You know, you're Same. on your own, you mess yeah. up, you know. But so that's that's kinda, of, you know, uh you know, and, 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 but if you look at it now, in retrospect, most of the time it's the nowadays it's the woman that's got the clear the brighter brighter head on her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe not back then. That one cur- that one thing, that one yeah. mess up kinda of cursed us all, you know, but it's like now yeah, you know, most of the time it's the women that's talking the sense into us. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, that's and,
2: that's. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you are so right on and, that. And we'll get to this later too. That's why it's important for us to have a wife, full of virtue. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's why it's important <clears throat> to have a spouse that can help you grow. You know, um, and not allow you to fail. Yeah. And we'll get to that in here in just. A and that's
2: why the helpmate comes into play. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3, it says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. In uh, Colossians 3, verse 18, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as it is fit in the Lord. So those are um, some concrete verses in the Bible that uh, explicitly states to submit to husbands for the wives. Um, And and that's not just because men want power. (laughs) Sometimes power comes with... uh, Great responsibility. Great responsibility. (laughs) It's it's hard to make decisions sometimes, but we're commanded by God to follow that order. So let me ask
0: you this here. So... What what does submitting mean? I was like just fixing to ask submitting that. Your, submitting, you're submitting me. Because, I mean, if you really think of submitting, like what would come to my mind or my, what would come to other people's mind is like in, you know, um, like the days of the slave trade. Yeah, you know, submission instance, does you not know, mean slavery. And, you know, you got, it was submission is, I mean, like I'm, I've always been a big wrestling buff, so submitting <sighs> is tapping out. Yeah. You know, you're giving in to, you know, you're giving in, giving up and everything to the domineering one. Yeah. Right, right, to the victor. Uh, and then you go back to the days of slave trade you know you had a master and everything that commanded your every move you know you were submissive to them so you know if for somebody that doesn't know any better I mean we know what the scripture means we know what the correct interpretation is but for somebody that doesn't know any better what would we say submitting means Um, and so I just want to kind of point this one scripture out here um, just kind of break the ice on that for anybody that's listening. That may, so, may be thrown off by that a it's little bit. a
3: good bit. question.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, 1 Peter 3, 7, likewise ye husbands dwell with them, talking about their wives, acc- according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Um, heirs uh-huh. together as the grace of life. Uh-huh. You know, um, being that, yeah, she is their weaker vessel. um And that once again goes back to it was Eve that slipped up, messed up. Yeah. Um, But uh, you know, so wise being the weaker vessel, maybe spiritually, you know, emotionally, us guys, we don't maybe naturally, it's naturally embedded in us, we don't get as emotional or teary eyed and all that stuff the way a woman would. Uh huh. You know, Uh, and physically, that's obvious, right? We're built bigger, stronger. You know, Mm -hmm. so. uh, And and this too, there's all always
3: different situations where you know a woman may be stronger than a man and stuff but in general the overall design is like you said
0: right but but submitting is basically um, a lot of people and there's there's people that i know that take that a little too literally you know and say okay well the wives are supposed to submit to, uh, submit to us so submit to me so uh, whatever I say goes mm-hmm. you know this is whether they like it or not this is how it's going to be um, that's not necessarily true what this verse in First Peter is basically talks about how you're supposed to honor and care for your mm-hmm. wife and consider her yeah um, you know I personally am want to believe that, you know, when God calls you into something that He's going to give you and your wife both peace about it. Yeah. You know, that's not just going to be something that you decide on your own. That's something that you decide together through the for through the you know, the spiritual discernment that comes strictly from the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um so submitting doesn't mean that you are a slave to him. No. You know, I mean, none whatsoever. You are you not a, you are not to be bullied, bossed, commanded, you know, abused. Nothing like that. That just basically means that you are humbling yourself enough to where you are respecting him as the leader of the home, you know, uh, leader of your home spiritually and trusting him and trusting God that through him, he's going to direct you into the right path. Uh, and where it would be wrong is for the husband to say, I feel like the Lord is leading this, or I feel like I need to lead my family in this way. And you said, no, I don't like that. That's not how we're going to do it. Well, then the woman would be wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, once again, it's the the man that was directly given the ordinance by God to be the leader of the home spiritually. All right, Therefore, the, the wife is supposed to support that, not saying that the woman has no say-so in the matter. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, to make, I wanted to clear that up and make sure that people knew what submitting to the husband means. That doesn't yeah. mean that you are a slave to him, that you are to be contra- controlled, abused, demanded of. That just means that you are honoring and respecting him as the leader that God has yeah. taught him to be able to home. And from.
2: submitting to your husband does not make you a housekeeper. Correct. As well as submitting to your husband, like what you were just talking about, saying, you know, do this, do that, do this, do that. You know, that does not make you the dishwasher, the laundry doer, the grass mower, the this, the, that, that does, that's not at all what this is talking about. Just going off of my own personal beliefs, you live in the house, you clean the house, you well, make the mess, you clean the mess. It's
0: more of a, it's more of a spiritual sense. Yeah. Yes, you know, absolutely. It's more yes. Of a spiritual sense, you know, leading and caring, and God. Yeah. Right, and that's right, where
2: right. a lot of people also get that confused with it as well, as they don't take it into the spiritual aspect of right. it. They take it into a literal, you're going to do what I say aspect. Right.
3: Um, I saw this today. Hold on, it'll take me a second to pull it up. Um, sorry, um, it was talking. There's a Bible verse It says,
2: uh, "John, is that your fifth candy bar?"
0: <laughs> it's pretty close. That's Dove dark, dark, dark chocolate stuff.
3: Um, Man, y'all want you want a piece of chocolate? Not, not, not dark. Sponsored
2: chocolate. by Dove Chocolate.
3: Um, in Second Kings, chapter twenty-one, verse thirteen, it says. Um. And I will stretch over Jerusalem, the line of Samaria, and plummet of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipeth a dish, <laughs> wipeth it, and turn it upside down. I saw that this week. <laughs> I was that. As man, a man
2: wipeth a dish. The
3: man was doing the dishes. The dishes, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, that's just a silly kind of goofy no, look that's at good. It. but it's, that's one example of the woman isn't the only one that's supposed to do anything at the house, right. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like men have a personal maid, yeah. it's not, that's not what God intended. So no. what,
0: so what would be the woman's role in, and the, uh, we talked about the woman's role in the marriage, you know, being that she is this, um. Submit it to the husband, you know, under his leadership. Mm-hmm. So, but what, what would be her her role, her job um, within the house? So uh, one
2: that at least just comes off the mind would be like a nurturer or a comforter, mm-hmm. at least in my humble opinion. Just because you know she's to help raise and bear the children, mm-hmm. you know and that is one thing. Like what you were talking about earlier, how we're men, we're stronger, we don't get emotional. You know, we that is not something we are qualified for to be a comforter to like our kids or our grandkids or anything like that. So that, at least in my mind, would be one of the roles, yeah, one and, of the many roles. And
3: the mother and women of the home, if they play a pivotal part in that, raising mm-hmm. the children. Um, one thing that comes to my mind is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And I think Pastor Mike's preached on this for a Mother's Day before. Um, but it's, talk, it's Paul talking to Timothy, and he says to him, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So Timothy had strong women in his life that that raised him in the faith. Um, and, you know, Timothy did a bunch of great things for Christ. Uh, you know, not ne- not specifically as a result of that, but I'm sure that played a huge impact in his walk. Um his walk with God
2: well I mean if you look at it there are so many preachers at least that I've listened to on podcast or you know just on YouTube listening to sermons that always say their mom or their mother had the biggest impact in where they're at today
0: Mm -hmm. Mm I mean I can attest to that yeah you know and I think a lot of that, too, is because, I mean, there's so much pressures. And I'm not discrediting pressures that women go through. By all means, you know, we all we all fight stuff. But I mean, there's so many added pressures that men feel that, I mean, a lot of that women's not going to naturally. Yeah. Um,
2: and vice versa.
0: As, well, I mean, just as the protector priest and yeah. provider of the home, there is just, there's some pressures there that with us men that, you know, is not going to be the same for women. Right. And once again, not discrediting anything that a woman feels by all means, uh, but there are some added pressures there. The, and, and man, it's hard. Okay, that you can, its easy to break to that pressure. It's easy to cave to that to cave to that pressure. You know, um, when it—you know—when it comes to that. So, I mean, my mom, and and this is in no way, shape, or form disrespect to, to respect from my dad. I had a very good, a very good dad. Um, my dad felt that pressure though a lot. You know, so, uh, you know, and more often than not when, um, as guys, and I, I'm, I'm speaking to my, about myself here, you know, as guys, when we start feeling that pressure and we start next thing, you know, we start battling depression or, we, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, our hurt because we are men, we're proud by nature, mm-hmm. you know, we convert yeah. that hurt into mm-hmm. anger you know, a lot of times we'll bottle it up. We'll let our pride get in the way. We don't want to talk to nobody or whatever. We shut people out. That's exactly what I do. I don't yeah. mean to. That's just how it happens. I'm, you know, uh, so in those moments there, most of the time it's the woman of the home that has that nurturing sensibility yeah. mm-hmm. that can come and kind of turn a lot in the atmosphere and turn yeah. things around, um, that's what my mom was for us. Mm-hmm. My mom was the one that you know when my dad was hard and my dad was tough. My mom, she was always the one that she'd wrap your arms around us. Yeah, you know, and she was a praying mom. She was a praying mom. She was always praying for us. God, I'm I'm I I swear by the belief that I would not be. I'd either be in hell right now or I definitely wouldn't be saved if I was still living if it wasn't for my mom praying so hard for, us, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. You know.
3: And and then an, an example, like a historical example of this, um, and I, I've talked about this on the podcast, so if you've heard this story before, that's fine. Just fast forward. Um, but a historical example of this is uh, John Wesley. John Wesley grew up and his dad traveled a lot for work. And so... John Wesley's mom, who had, I believe, twelve children, you can fact check me out, that's fine. Had a lot of children. So she had to raise them all, you know, while dad was away and she was teaching them stuff about God and about mm-hmm. Christ and stuff like that. Well, neighbor got word of that and contacted uh, John Wesley's dad and said, Your their mother doesn't need to teach them this. She needs to stop doing that you know, cause that's the role of the father. And so John Wesley's dad calls the mom and says, Hey, um, you know, you don't need to be teaching. Them. That's my job. And she told him, uh, she told him, she said, when you get back <laughs> and do your job in the household, then I'll quit doing your job. You know? Yeah. And so that's, I love that that's, story. Yeah. I love that's that that's kind of like what my mind goes to when I think about this. and, how sometimes men don't fulfill their roles, so women have to step up yeah, and yeah. and be stronger spiritual leaders yeah. in raising their children. I mean, um, heck,
2: Mike preached several times on if Mr. Joshua ain't serving the Lord, then Mrs. Joshua needs to step up and serve the Lord.
3: And And for those of you that don't know John Wesley, he was the founder of the Methodist Church. So whatever you think about the Methodist Church right now, I'm sure that's not what John Wesley had intended <laughs>
0: back in his no, time. No, the whole already, Methodist
2: Church has already split straight down the middle. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Well, even still, truth is true no matter who who says it. Right. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? They can have everything wrong, but that one thing that they got right. The the other thing they got wrong doesn't mean that the one thing they got right's right, not right, yeah. right. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and you know that. That also kind of leads me. I, I guess I'm probably skipping ahead. One of the points that I actually written down, as far as the women's role in the home and also in the church, was to to be a prayer, uh, mm-hmm. prayer warrior. Absolutely. You know, and um, that kind of that kind of goes back to that. Mm-hmm. It kind of teaches. There's there's one passage of scripture, and I I wrote it down, and this is one that I studied, and um, this is one that I studied. You know, when we was doing the one on the roles of the men. Um, and I cannot for the life of me think of what the scripture is, but it's basically asking specifically, it's talking specifically about what a woman is to do when the man's not doing their part. Uh, um, first and foremost, we all have a, our, our number one priority above anything is to serve God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes as number one being a good wife, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or a good husband. God is number one. In life, above your spouse. Yep. Okay. So our true commitment is to them be before even our even our spouse. All uh, right. So when the when the man falls wayward, we still have to do our part in serving Christ, and that means fulfilling our mother the motherly duty. Yeah. That we have. You are the mother mm-hmm. and a pa- and co parent. So you still have to train your child up in the ways of the Lord. I mean that still falls on you. It's not just the husband's job to teach the child. It's the mom's job equally yeah. as well. But what would you do um, in situations where the husband's not doing their part? Yeah, the wife. You, I mean, it's, it stinks. But you, yeah, you gotta step up. I mean, and the Bible and that scripture is specifically it specifically talks about that. And basically, what that scripture is saying is a woman is to pray hard for her husband that God mm-hmm. is going to turn, is going to, and is by her prayers is going to bring. Conviction to the husband in turn, bring him back to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, um, that's, I, I'm obviously, I'm not a woman, so I can't relate, but what would a woman do in situations like that? Pray and continue on. You yeah. Know, teaching your children and doing and keep on serving the Lord, you know. Yeah. Correct I, me if I'm I wrong. I think I know where you're at. Uh,
3: first Peter chapter 3, verse 1 says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your husbands, that if any obey not the word of God, that they may also may that they also may without the word be won by the conversation of that's lives. it yep. that is it yes i, I read that the, this it, week. the
0: woman that that's exactly it so so yeah the woman has to keep on keeping on yeah and it's okay it's just like you know how are we actually introduced to christ and i mean through the word of course yeah. you know some of some of us are introduced to christ by the preaching of the word here in the church uh uh-huh. But more often than not, I mean, the church, we talked about this before too, the church isn't an evangelical ministry. That's not where you come to get saved. That's mm-hmm. where the saints come to come to worship together, Yeah, you know, and be edified and encouraged by one another. So how do you actually get connected to Christ? Most of the time it's by the word that is introduced to you by somebody else, by mm-hmm. witnessing. Yeah. Okay. And... It's by the love and the love that is shown to you by somebody else is that brings you to Christ. So it's the same way here. I mean, the woman is the love, even though the man is doing what they're not supposed to do. And a true child of God, when they're falling, they know they're falling. Oh yeah. You know, it's like you—you know, you can't be a true child of God and then go outside of His will and stay there too long. Yeah. You know, so. And if you and if you can, then you might not be a child. That's better. exactly yes. right. Yes, we've, exactly we've right. We've about that. So. You know, when I've done something I messed up, the first person that's going to be upset and just going to the is going to judge me is myself. Mm-hmm. I'm already upset, I'm grieving, I'm ashamed, I'm judging myself. Therefore, I feel like somebody everybody else is judging me. And by a loving wife that's going to keep on keeping on, that's going to keep on going in the ways of the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. praying for me, lifting me up, and everything that's going to rejuvenate me and bring me back to Christ. Yeah, I, was, I saw you this know.
3: thing the other day, it said, um. It was like, uh, I guess it was like a marriage coach or something as a video, but um, she was talking about how a lot of times we look at marriage as fifty-fifty, right? Right. Um, when in actuality, it needs to be a hundred percent. Now that hundred percent may sometimes be 20-80, may sometimes be 70, thirty six you know, <laughs> I thought that was number twelve. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it, you know, it, it might be. It's gonna be by the end of the day. I, <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, it would be 50-50, right? well, Each part is pulling their weight.
2: I'd say it as 100 and 100 because women have different jobs than a man has. Yeah. Depending on the circumstances.
3: Yeah, I'm, and I'm talking about, too, as far as the success of a marriage.
2: Oh, yeah. Needs to be combined
3: to 100% yeah. for fulfillment, right? So, you know, if somebody's falling, you know, struggling, mm-hmm. the other person needs to make up that percentage. Yeah. So to keep that marriage a success. And it goes both ways. Yeah. You know, there's some days Rachel doesn't have a good day or something and I have to try to help pick her back up. You know? Yeah. And there's some days where I'm, you know, being in the moly grubs about yeah. I, I don't know what and then she has to pick me up. And so yeah. it it's it fluctuates. Oh. But absolutely. at the same time you have to have that um that willingness to pick up slack. Yeah, it's not all the way there.
2: Actually, what we've been doing with with my mother in law, you know, she was in the hospital, you know, she was down and out of work for a good while with her legs. And, you know, I was having to pick up around my house, you know, and, you know, this I'm not trying to brag on me by no means, but that's what you're supposed to do. If your wife is going to take care of her mom, that's sick and Mm -hmm. I mean, borderline, you know, staying in the hospital for a while sick. She needs to take care of her mom. You need to pick up where she left off in the house, mm-hmm. and vice versa. If you know your husbands say dad or granddad was dying or literally fixing to kill over, you need to take care of everything around the house while he takes care of them as mm-hmm. well.
0: Well, if you're if you're equally yoked, you know, then you're going to complete each other. Right. Oh yes, you know, absolutely. You're going, be, you're going to be everything that the other one can be.
2: Yeah, and I've seen evidence of that. And then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I
0: mean there, and there's, and, and insane, and in retrospect, much easier said than done, right? I mean that's that's a big pressure, mm-hmm. you know. I mean your wife's spiritual well being is going to be dependent upon how your your spiritual well being. Mm-hmm. That's a big pressure, and it's going to be easy to cave to that. I mean that's because when you have a hard time keeping yourself together, yeah, you know, yeah. It, as the priest at the home, you're still required, you know, to be be there to be able to lift up the other one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, talking about, you know, if you know the husband slacking on what he's supposed to do, does the scripture actually say which parent should do this? Whenever it says train a child up in the way they should go, does it say no, dads train up a child in the way they should go, or does it say mom train up a child in the way they should go?
3: I mean, I think uh, I think in a good example of this, and I have it in my notes here. Let me go down to it. When we, I have it in my notes about teachers uh, teaching or women, older women teaching women. Later in those verses, it's in Titus chapter 2, for anybody that wants to go look at it. um, It talks about how women need to raise the women up in the ways of the Lord. And then after that, it talks about how the men need to raise the younger men up in the ways of the Lord. And it goes into their specific roles in that as well. So, um, I think that's why it's important to have a nuclear household. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah. so you can have those conversations, you know, we say man-to-man, woman-to-woman. Yeah. So we have those conversations because me trying to tell a woman what they're going through is very difficult because I haven't walked in yeah. their shoes. Yeah. But I can talk to a younger man yeah. and say, hey, I've been here before. Yeah. You know, I know what you're dealing with. Okay, yeah. And a woman can say... Hey, I know what you're going through. I had to go through the same phase in my life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, so there's also
0: a level of appropriateness as, as well. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for a man to talk to a young girl or young lady about things that right. mm-hmm. you know maybe only women deal with. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, there's uh, definitely but I think in the in, in the end, you know, Collectively, I think it's, it's both of our jobs to train our children. Yeah. Train the, train yeah. The children. Yeah. 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 Because
2: I look at it like this. So, and you know, we go, I'm thinking back to one of our first episodes where, you know, have we not having a dad in the household is going to be a very, well, how would I say it? A very impacted yeah. childhood for very somebody. So a mom needs to, you know, have days with her son, just like a, dad needs to have days with his daughters like you do with your daughters, you know, movie night, you know, stuff like that because you're showing them how someone is supposed to treat them. Right. Just like the mom is showing her son how he's supposed to treat a woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
3: Um, yeah, no, Proverbs chapter 22. I think I have this in my notes, but I don't see it. Um, Proverbs 22 verse... Proverbs 22... That's not it. I
0: had it somewhere. Hold on. It's
2: probably on that laptop. It's somewhere. It's, somewhere on <laughs> it's your, probably in the Bible it. somewhere. Um, Have you guys ever heard that? I was watching a um, I I can't remember who it was. It was some Christian comedian that was saying that um, people were asking him, well, where's this in the Bible? He said, well, it's either in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: You don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here it is. Proverbs 22, verse 6. It just says, train up, a child in the way of the Lord, uh, the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So that's not specifically directed right. to men or women. Right. Um, I was just using the example because I had it in my notes, and it kind of goes into you know men being able to lead men more,
2: absolutely, yeah, and women being able to lead and what, women more. What's and crazy so, is going back on what you were talking about, or what you both were talking about, is unfortunately there are situations where you know there's not a mom in the picture. You know what I'm saying? Or the mom's not Dad. doing what the mom's supposed to be doing. And the dad's only got a daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, you've got to find ways to help of some sort. Right. I'm not I'm not telling you what to do. I don't have any kids. I got seven nieces. I don't know anything about how to help
0: girls whatsoever. I've got three girls, and I still haven't figured out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when you do, let's write yeah. a book about it. No, I think that's going to be my, you know, How your wife here? (laughs) How to be a girl? Going downstairs. Fix this.
3: I want to show this video. um, It kind of uh, exemplifies how it takes um, how society today how it lessens the importance of
2: women. Yeah. Um, So
0: wake up, America using the term mother to birthing people
2: black birthing people black birthing people black and indigenous birthing people is the administration's
1: official policy to replace the term woman with birthing people
0: i was a little taken aback when i just read it and saw it that it's that the term mother was gone in spots and it was replaced with birthing people again if we're trying to be precise in, in the language that's used mom's a pretty good word Everything that's worth living and dying for is under attack right now. This environment that has been created and corrupted and manipulated does not respect women, does not respect children, does not respect men. It cares nothing for family. If that is the society that we want to live in, then we need to see how crazy we are, really. The world is in the condition that it is in because of the disrespect of the woman. There's so much that we place around her because, as we are also taught, that when you teach a man, you are teaching an individual. When you teach a woman. You are teaching a nation. Every prophet came from the womb of a woman. Every intelligent, strong, powerful man and woman came from the womb of a woman. So that's why they have to attack mother and remove father. Because before you can get to her, you have to get through him. Every wise nation has security. And the man is supposed to be that security
2: can... And that kind of... I mean,
3: Yeah, that was good. That, that
2: kind
3: of went... Well, I thought with the point about raising women, you know, mm-hmm. he says every prophet came from a woman. Yeah. You know, not a birthing person, yeah. you know. Not a woman that thinks she's a man, you know. Every every person came from a woman, whether it <laughs> good or bad. Yeah. You know, it came from a woman. And um,
2: And not a man turning to a woman.
3: Right. And and that might be a little political, but it it kind of shows me how society today how it doesn't value women as much as it should, right? Um,
0: so, well, you said it was kind of a perfect analogy as 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 to why the woman is important, you know, especially mm-hmm. in times when the men slap, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I can, I can, I can name. Well, you can you can go back to really throughout scripture, and you can name all kind of women that stood up, rose to the occasion because, I mean, you look at a, a very prosperous prosperous generation that, yeah. that came out of that, you know.
3: Deborah is one of them. That's what Rachel yeah. me yeah. as
0: I was studying this. I yeah, mean,
3: Was that Judges 6, I believe? Um, I think it is. It's in Judges, I of that. So just read the whole book of Judges. It's you in know. the Old Testament. <laughs> I mean, one that comes get, to mind right off, right off
0: the top of my head is, you know, the Egyptian woman that took... Um, Josephine, you know, and his birth, birthing mother. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was when they were basically going and killing all the babies, all the new, you know, you know so, and his mother took it upon herself to, you know, defy the law of the land at that time, you know, hide uh, Moses there in, in, in the thicket and, you know, until he's found. And in the, I mean, that, that was, what was that, the Pharaoh's daughter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Pharaoh's daughter, you know, found him and she could have also you know obeyed and turned him in to be slaughtered, but he did she didn't and well you look what happened yeah mm-hmm. you know I mean that's a you know
2: that's powerful
3: um mm-hmm. and, and so with that um talking about uh raising and bearing children I want to get to I think probably the more important um role and we we've pretty much touched on this the whole time is the woman being the keeper of the home um and Pastor Mike said on Wednesday, "The woman is the heart of the home." Yeah. Um, yes. in I put right here. I said, "Women need to have high regard for their standards because they hold strength and power in the mother and wife relationships." Um, Proverbs twelve four says, "A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones." So. I say this to say that men and, um, you know, husbands in particular, they need a wife that's virtuous. Mm -hmm. They don't need a wife that is not following God, Mm and that is not abiding by his statutes. They need a God-fearing woman to help them grow, um... You know it, it says right here, um in that verse I just read it says, but she that maketh ashamed is his rottenness to in his bones that's that's significant because without having a virtuous woman it, there's downfall, yeah there's decay, there's um breaking down yeah. of strength in the family. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's kind of what that means. Rot, it makes rottenness in his bones. You know, it it,
0: it breaks down that strength. Yeah. Well, I want to I also want to make mention also the same way as we kind of broke down what it means to be submissive. But I want to mm-hmm. break down what this means. Keeper of the home. Yeah. Okay. Keeper of the home doesn't mean you're the one that's kind of like what John John was saying over there. That it doesn't mean that you're the one that's over keeping the house clean, doing the dishes, you know, doing the laundry, all that. Naturally, that's how it normally turns out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, us guys, I mean, we've got other interests. You know, I mean, we work hard. We we find we always find other stuff to do, and it turns out being, that's just unintentionally maybe, but that's just normally how it winds up, right? Yeah. You know, uh, most of the time. But that's not what that scripture means. Uh, a keeper means a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that analogi- um, in guys and other passages of scripture, specifically when it talks about, like, Israel, you know, keeping of Israel in the days of Babylonian uh, exile. Uh, you know another one. You know in um, uh, Genesis, you know where he placed the cherubims mm-hmm. there to guard. You know pointing, pointing, pointing in the opposite direction. You know, to keep people from going to the tree of life. Yeah, you know, and is to keep the guard, meaning to guard it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, how a woman conducts herself is a direct reflection of your whole household mm-hmm. of your whole home mm-hmm. all right if you've got a woman that is um and this is going to sound bad but i really don't know what know any other way of putting it but i mean loud mouth obnoxious you know um you know, high-spirited, you know, high-opinionated and doesn't really care how they're being seen, who hears them or whatever, mm-hmm. that's a bad reflection of how you conduct yourself as a, as a husband mm-hmm. and how you conduct yourself in the home. Uh, so, and this is, once again, is going to sound probably like a judgmental remark, but you can automatically assume what that household is going to look like, mm-hmm. right? Um, to keep the home means to guard it. So that doesn't necessarily mean keeping it clean, and nothing like that, but you are in a direct awareness of everything that goes on in that house. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh you're the heart of your home, you know. So a lot of times that means, yeah, when the husband and the man is slacking, you're there to pick the pieces up. Yeah. Uh you are also there to, you know, pray a hedge of protection over your home, you know, to pray off the walls of Satan and his attacks. Um you're the heart of the home. Yeah. You know, so when you're keeping, you know, there's, uh, in, uh, Titus, uh, two, you know, it, uh, it says that they t- may teach the young women. This kind of goes back to also what we we're talking about as far as teaching the children up, but uh, it says, uh, the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chase keepers at home, you know, and that keeper of that home is what is used to, as an analogy, of all of the other things combined, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. All right? So, keeper of the home doesn't mean that you're just the one that is responsible for um, keeping the house clean. In the old days, that's really, that's literally how they, how, what was meant. I mean, yeah. but we're living in a different day now, oh, yeah. right? I mean, we're used to, it was the man that was the provider, 100% the only provider, you know, so he went out and worked, you know, hard days work, labor, mm-hmm. while the woman stayed home, they cooked clean, they taught the kids, all that stuff, there's different roles, we're living in a different time now, it's not like that anymore, no the way things are, the yeah. economy is, I mean, it's nearly impossible to live on a one person income, Yeah, you know, so a woman's working. Uh, working a lot most of the time you know with the male, man and men as well which means that the man's got to step up and help the woman with the things in yeah. the house and all that stuff too but ultimately it's the wife the woman being the heart of the home that's going to be the keeper of that home mm-hmm. as she's going to her prayers her actions are going to guard that home and yeah. the reputation mm-hmm. thereof yeah. because your reputation of your home is also going to be the reputation of christ mm-hmm. right right and the in the eyes of others
3: yeah and and what I'm saying too is um if you don't have that, if you have a woman that's not virtuous, the the household crumbles, right? Yeah, and um, and you need a virtuous woman um, to lead in that regard. You know, to re- help raise your kids. You know, to help be that positive influence on you. Um, I wrote down here a few examples um, throughout biblical history um, of different women that held power over men and weren't virtuous in their actions. Um one of them's Adam, mm-hmm. obviously with Eve, and then you have Samson, Delilah, mm-hmm. Delilah. Um King Solomon, you know, he he um, was um, unequally yoked many times. Wives, yeah. yeah. Um and I put on here and this is a big one is Ahab. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cute. Um Ahab, you know, witnessed Elijah, <laughs> you know, uh bringing raining fire down from heavens, you know. Yeah, he still let Jezebel, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, influence him so mm-hmm. negatively, um, in a way that was almost the downfall of him. Uh, and I put right here the amount of power a woman can have, uh, the amount of, of power a woman uh, has over men is sometimes overlooked. Yeah, um, and I I say this with in regards to women is don't take advantage. (laughs) Don't take advantage of men just because they love you and treat you well. Um, uh, And make sure you're virtuous in your walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And that will allow your household to be um, continuing and successful.
0: Right. I mean, you think, uh, there's several... I mean, there's several examples you can. I, I even think of, of one that comes directly comes to mind is Lot's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and they fled, I mean, she was specifically given the command not to look back, and when she did, pillar of salt. Well, guess what? Those two daughters got to raise up, got to, got to grow up the rest of their life without a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to the point that I mean, of course, this, this story goes. You know, I mean, they basically. Got dad drunk, laid with him, you know, that way yeah. their seat could carry on and, and their generation could develop, mm-hmm. you know, because the mom wasn't there. I mean, it led to a whole nother level of sin, Yeah. you know, all because she didn't do what she was, I mean, she wasn't the virtuous woman that she was, she was supposed to be. Though. Yeah. Right. And I, and
3: to kind of add to that, I, whenever I was thinking about this, um, you know, when you get married, you become one, yeah. right? You yeah. become one flesh. So if you know if I'm doing something wrong, I'm bringing Rachel down too, yeah, likewise, if Rachel is doing something wrong, she's bringing me down as well mm-hmm. because you know we both suffer together or we both flourish together, yeah. you know it's it's if you're sick, you're sick, right, yeah. it's not oh i'm my my left hand hurts. My whole body is injured, even though it is just my left hand, right? So, um, you know, if – I guess what I'm trying to say is
2: when you come together,
3: you either help each other or you hurt each other.
2: Yeah. You ever hear why – which I know this is a totally different situation, but why George Foreman named all of his sons George and his daughter Georgette?
3: (laughs) I didn't know
2: that. <laughs> yeah, all of his sons is George Foreman three, George Foreman four, George Foreman five, and Georgette. Really? Yeah, <laughs> legit. But he did that because if they're all, if one of them struggling, they all struggle. Hmm. If one of them's thriving, they're all thriving. If one of them needs help, they're all going to give help. Yes, a form of keeping each
0: other accountable. Yeah. I
3: Yeah. Yeah, in know.
0: retrospect, though, if ones that fought, they all at fault. <laughs> yeah. uh, George did it. <laughs> yeah. <There's one. laughs>
3: Man, that
2: feels like George that. is in jail. We're all in jail. <laughs> yeah. I'm at home. I feel like
3: that could be used in court. Yeah. <laughs> like if George did something, they'd be like, "Are you sure it wasn't George the fifth instead of George the Four <laughs> I, well, I don't know.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, but it's. It's similar to that, you know, where if you struggle, she struggles. If you're on, if she's on the mountain, then you're on the mountain.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I put it right here, um, Proverbs thirty one verses ten through thirty one. I'm not gonna read them all, but I'll read uh, verse ten, and that's one we have probably all heard. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. So um, finding that virtuous woman and having that virtuous wife and mother in the household is. Essential yeah. to success in a household,
0: and that's a and that's something that as the child that's under her care is going to take with them for the rest of their life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, in that past, same passage of scripture, it even goes and says that their children will call her blessed. Mm. Yes, and what that means is basically they are going to cherish their mother and have the most respect for them. Yeah, you know, for her mother because of how the care that they provide that's provided for her. Absolutely. For them, you know. So 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 far we've talked about. You know, the the keep the role of the home, you know how we are supposed to be submissive to the husband, you're supposed to be keepers of the home, you know, raising and bearing children. Um, so that leads us, I guess, the women's role in the church. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is this is kind of this is kind of a big one. And honestly, this could be even almost more controversial. Yeah. Really, than yeah. even even the roles of the home because they're specific do nots and do's. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, more so in the church than even in the home, I guess, in in some aspects. Um, Women play, I think like you've got here in in the notes, women play a pivotal role in the success and flourishment of the church. Um, But... What exactly are those roles? Because there are very specific. Do not do's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like a
2: do not do's would be the role of a pastor, or in other words, an authority over a man. Yeah. So and, that would
0: and, be. And, the yeah, and let's the go first one. into that
3: scripture. Um,
2: on, that's in First Timothy two twelve, ain't it? Two twelve through yeah. fourteen. Yeah.
3: Right? Or, I'm gonna start in eleven, and I su- it says let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Um, And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, And there
2: are a lot of, um, which there's a lot that this world has corrupted about the church. That people are not actually looking into what scripture has to say about women preachers. You know, like you've got um, oh, what's her name? You know who I'm talking about? Um, Joyce Meyer, Joyce Meyer, Priscilla Shire. Yeah, you know, women that are pro, quote unquote, pastors or preachers. You know, if you look back at it, I was listening Over. to, a, I was listening to a podcast this morning, and um, a lot of them think that it's a cultural issue about why women can't quote unquote be preachers. But in all reality, it is a biblical standard or a rule of why women cannot be preachers or pastors or in that authoritative figure over it. I mean, they have taken the Word of God and twisted it to make them feel better. Well, it's
0: ultimately they're fitting their agenda versus their, God, their it, own, and they're using the cultural aspect of it as a crutch to, to justify what their own horses desire exactly, are. Exactly, yeah. If they don't have enough reference for the Word, and I'm just going to put it out there. Um Unless it is completely backed up by the word, your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't. You have absolutely zero say so, um, and no authority at all if what you think and go, what you think goes against God's word. And that's really, I mean, in all in all fairness, I mean, I know that sounds kind of critical, but that, it's actually really hard to to overcome at times. You yeah. know. Um, fighting your I mean it's kinda like having a little red devil on one shoulder and a white angel on the other, like you know constantly tugging back and forth with you. You know what the word says, but then you got uh, something that your 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 carnal heart, yeah. You know, that is what the Bible it says is a deceiver, your heart can it will deceive you. Yeah. Telling you something different. But when it boils right down to it, the job of the man in the church is to be the authority figure, not Mm -hmm. the woman. Uh the woman is not to hold a position of authority over men. Therefore, the pastor role, the deacon role, the teacher of any other man or male above the age of accountability—that mm-hmm. all falls under the responsibility of the man. Why? Because if God says so, that's the way He designed it. We don't have to have a reason. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, what I feel like is because if it was the other way around, it completely condone, can contradict every scripture that came before. Mm-hmm. You know. If it wasn't intended for the man to be th- those those figures, and then you know what, it would have been the man that messed up and ate the fruit first. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It would have been yeah. the man that would, it would be. It would be the, the scripture in the beginning would say, you know, man, you are to be submissive to your wives, uh, not the other way around. I yeah. mean, if we went and said, okay, if if, if that's how it was, I mean, if there's a woman be submissive to your wives, you know, you're to be subjected to your husband. They God announced the leader of the home to be the man. From the very start, how contradictory would that if he went and changed his mind? Yeah, halfway through the scripture, yeah, reverse the role. You know, you yeah,
2: like over like as soon as the New Testament started, like, nope, never mind. It, this is yeah. a New Testament. We changing things up. No, right. that's not how that works.
3: Um, in First Corinthians fourteen, verse verses thirty three through thirty five, it says, "For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, mm-hmm. as in all churches of the saints. Let your women." Keep silent in churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commended to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is uh, a shame for women to speak in the church. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, a little bit, is I've seen people uh, kind of... Uh, come at this as like paul's just talking to the church of corinth about this um because that's something that they dealt with um in corinth uh was women speaking out but he also talks about this in first timothy as well it's it's like paul is showing it's not just corinth (laughs) you know it's not just a, a historical situation in corinth that's causing me to write this you know this is going to expand upon other churches yeah. as well, or else he wouldn't have included it in Timothy. Um, and so that's that's one thing I, I kind of saw as I was uh, diving into this and I was seeing people try to refute um, the authority of the word in 1 Corinthians 14, um, saying that this was only subject to the mm-hmm. historical time. Well, if that was the case, he wouldn't have included it in Timothy as well. Right. Yeah, you're um, right. Uh, and I, I got a video. This is uh, John MacArthur talking about... Uh, yeah, I love John MacArthur. I love... Hey, i I'd probably listened more of his stuff than anything. Yeah, this is a, it's a snort. A snort. Uh, a, <laughs> a short clip of uh, John MacArthur talking about... Um, there's John's 15th candy uh, bar. Add another chocolate in. Yeah. Hey, sure Sponsored by Dove yes, Chocolate. you sure you don't want one of these? <laughs> <Here's> <laughs> I'll start this real quick.
1: Women who pastor, women who preach in a church, are a disgrace. And they openly reflect opposition to the clear command of the Word of God. As in all the churches of the saints, the women are to keep silent in the churches. They're not permitted to speak. It's disgraceful for a woman to speak. It might be shocking to you to know this, but in a survey conducted in 2017, about 80% of Americans are comfortable with a female pastor. 62% of practicing Christians are open to women pastors. 27 percent of pastors across this country are women this is an explosion in 1960 two percent of clergy were women the women's movement has basically just erupted in the church and the last frontier for the movement is the evangelical church last frontier to fall victim to the rebellion of feminism along with cultural marxism perhaps women pastors and women preachers are the most obvious evidence of churches rebelling against the bible
3: and that, I mean, I know it's just a short clip, but that holds a lot of power because, you know, it. it just with those statistics alone, it shows how society is taking over
0: the church, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, well, and the, and the society, the way society is, I mean, this whole wokeness, I mean it kind of directly reflects that, mm-hmm. you know, too. I mean, not having that male leadership authority role, you know, I mean, that's going to keep you straight, yeah. you know?
2: I think we need to start a wake-up movement and actually realize, you know, what is actually wrong Mm -hmm. in the churches today on how they're letting, you know, women preachers, you know, like what we were talking about, Joyce Meyer, Priscilla Shire, you know, take over and go completely against what the Word of God says Mm -hmm. about that. We need to wake up and realize that, hey, this is wrong.
3: And And it's almost like a throwing away of biblical values and inserting, you know, personal confirmation of the world. You know, it's like you're taking out biblical
0: verses because they don't agree with what you personally think. It goes to show the end of times that we're in, you know, Mm -hmm. as part of that great falling away, you know, Mm -hmm. people's going to be loving themselves and going to care more about what they think rather than what the Bible says. Yeah. But, you know, and it's funny because he said, you know, in the 60s there was only 2% of women that was in the church uh, church, and within church clergy. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's true. I've actually studied that, that exact thing. And I think we I, I, we, we mentioned this in the last episode when we were talking about the roles of the men, but back in those days, the men actually sit in the front. Mm-hmm. There was no sitting together in church. Yeah. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, of course, but I'm saying, like, the men actually stood up front because you didn't have back then, you know, what we have now, like the big sound systems mm-hmm. and stuff that can project the volume throughout the whole church. Mm-hmm. All right, so the men would sit up front and the women would sit in the back with children. All right. Because if they couldn't hear, it was okay. As long as a man was sitting up front and the man could hear.
2: Yeah. Then that
0: was what was most important because it was the man's responsibility to carry that teaching on and apply it to the household of their household. Yeah. Okay. And that was admonished. Now, uh, some of that can be kind of harsh. I mean, it can sound kind of harsh and I can be kind of maybe sexist or whatever, or or a, a devalue of women. Because it says, you know, I think it's how you look at. They're it subject too. to silence. You know, they're not so, supposed to speak as yeah. if they're just going you know, out of out of sight, out of mind. Um, and, no, that's not what they're saying. Um, Y'all yeah, I must mean, be in it, so we got to worship in church, mm-hmm. you know. And there's times, and I mean, it's just, I mean, the floodgates of heaven open up. and Next thing you know, you know, we got several, you know, Fran and Jessica yeah. and uh, Mama Bean and. Um, you know Kim Green, you know Felene Linderman. Sometimes you yeah. know, and other ones that'll just break loose shouting. You know what I mean? Just because of the joy of the Lord, what God, the restoration that God has done in their life, and and um and stuff. And there's and then people will just get so joyful about what God is what God is do, doing in their life or has done in their life that they want to get up and tell tell the church about it and testify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not what that scripture saying. Uh, If you want to get up, I mean, we're all supposed to tell others and tell what God has done in our life. You know, and the church is no exception to that. The church gathering is no exception to that. So it's not saying that you're supposed to be silent and just out of sight, out of mind, keep your mouth shut, you know, don't speak out of turn. Yeah. Because then you couldn't have a
2: a soloist. You couldn't have soloists in the choir. Right. You couldn't even have Sunday school teachers. Right. Technically, because silent in the church. That's the whole church. That's but, not that's not what the scripture no, saying. Not I mean, if you want to
0: speak up and tell what, tell others about well, how good God's been in your life before, by all means do it too it. That's admonishing the Holy Spirit is what that is. Yeah. bringing glory to God. But I think what that means is don't speak out of line and put yourself in authority like for instance, like if the preacher preacher's praying, shut up. Yep. <laughs> Sit there, do not do not interrupt him. You know what I mean? You're not the authority to row. You don't have you know, don't get up and speak out line and cut him off and just start in on something. We've seen that happen a couple of times. Yeah. Right? So I think every one of us is kind of thinking the same thing <laughs> going yeah. back to those certain times where we've kind of seen that, you know. But basically what you're doing when you're doing that is you're putting yourself on the same level as the pastor, mm-hmm. you know, and think that's more what that is actually talking about. Don't stand up and try to put yourself in a position that you wasn't called to be in.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and one thing I want to mention too, um, the reason I titled that can't hold a position of authority over a man is because that's just over a man. Um, it says in that verse, uh, authority over the man. So I, I kind of want to go into about how um, women can still be teachers of women and children. Yeah. Um, in Titus chapter 2 verse 3 through 5 it says the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers not given too much wine teachers of good things that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children to be discreet, chaste Keepers of the home, that's where that verse uh, comes from, keepers at home, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Um, And I put on here, the elder women play a pivotal role in setting examples and providing lessons to the young women in the church.
0: Yeah. That's absolutely true. I mean, we can see that. You know, not that I'm trying to call anybody out, but I actually want to kind of pin Pinned rose on somebody, but Lori Hunter in our church. Yeah, you know, I so I'm saying we normally try not to talk, say specific names. But I'm saying specific names, just because I'm right. bragging on her. Yeah, you know, like
3: you're you're, you're not bashing your own. right, right. No, I'm <laughs> not bashing her, right? I'm bragging on her. I mean, that's
0: our youth. That's our youth pastor's wife. You know, and she, you, it's it's very just it's amazing seeing how she's constantly teaching and training those girls how to be good Christian young ladies in the church. You know, in every way. But yeah, it's going to be hard for a man, it's going to be hard for a man to teach a woman how to be a woman, yeah. you know, or how to be, yeah. you know, versus a woman teaching a woman how to be a good yeah. woman. Yeah, and
3: And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so besides that, I, I kind of want to dive into um, the whole idea of being modestly dressed in church. Um, I have written a lot down about this. Yeah. So I might be. This is touchy. Yeah. I might be reading a lot. Um, and I put on here the church is designed to be a place of worship a place where everyone can come together in order to focus on praising the Savior in one accord the purpose of addressing modesty is to ensure that the focus is on God alone absolutely Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9 through 10 it says in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety Not with broided hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. I put right here. With this being said... uh, Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, I kind of want to um, stop on this for a little bit. Um, The purpose is not to constrict what you're wearing that's not the purpose of paul including this these verses in here it's to show that modesty is important so that there are no distractions in the church absolutely um, and
2: that can go both ways for men as well because there have right. been men in our church men in the church down the road men in churches up in chattanooga that have clothes on so tight that you can see every part of their body. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and and the point is to not distract from others being able to learn and grow closer and to not disrupt the service because of a situation that might cause gazing eyes. You know, that might cause uh, a lack of focus on on the right things. Um, And this is not... Me, I mean, I just read the verse that said it. This is not me saying you shouldn't wear this, you shouldn't wear that. It is an obligation if you want to follow biblical scripture, it is an obligation to be modest. Mm -hmm. It is an obligation to God to be modest, yeah, or else you might become a stumbling block to somebody else, yeah. Um, I put I put on here um, Romans chapter fourteen verse thirteen. That's a good one, right? Here. Uh, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's yes. way. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: so I'm going to address the elephant in the room here because the um, there's a lot of hearsay, you know, as far as you know, when it comes to what people think as far as how what you're supposed what what you're supposed to dress like, mm-hmm. okay, in the church. Uh, and we were kind of discussing this before before we actually got it on, but this is kind of a touchy subject, you know, and the Bible is very clear about working out your own salvation. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that what is wrong for somebody else isn't wrong for you. You're seeing a sin, is, and that that applies to everybody. But what can we actually adhere as sin yeah. in this situation? Is it women wearing pants? Absolutely no. not. Nope. No. Okay. Is it... Um, you know, is it men um, wearing shorts? Absolutely not. No. Uh, there is nothing in the Bible at all. That is an old traditional legalistic mindset um, based on how we was raised. I mean, back in the days of Jesus and, you know, on earth and before, I mean, all men and women were the same. It was tunics. And you can only really tell the difference between the man and the woman either by the color that they were wearing, like you said earlier, yeah. John, or by the curvature of their bodies. Yeah. You know, that is fact that's historical fact okay so now granted the is that's the interpretation misinterpretation of scripture when it's talking about you know man is not to wear that which is you know for a woman and vice versa you know you're supposed to be able to tell the difference between a man and a woman but that is does not mean that a woman is only supposed to wear dresses in the church you know matter mm-hmm. of fact in a lot of cases that i mean a pair of pants can be a lot more modest than even a pair, even a dress. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, you know if you're going to a church where there the pastor has specific standards, specific for his leaders, then I think it would be equally wrong for us to say, "Well, I don't care what you're, what what you think," then I'm going to do my own thing anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really adhering to your pastor's uh, standard in which that he is trying to lead his church right. by. You know, so I think it would be if your pastor would require a woman to wear one of your women in a leadership role, Sunday school teacher, you know, soloist singer, whatever like that, to have a dress on. Then I think you should hear, adhere to that. Um, but as far as um, what you're supposed to dress in church. Or what you're how you're supposed to dress in church. The main thing is modesty mm-hmm. or lack of modesty. A lot of people think that modesty means that you gotta uh, dress up, wear a three piece suit, well, to church. well that or that or it's just covering up and not exposing yourself. And but um and, and and that is true, but also modesty means not over being over-modest either. It says yeah. right here, you not know.
3: embroidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, right. not
0: wearing fancy things. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, I was, I was raised, and I know y'all are, heard this too, you know, is you're supposed to dress your Sunday best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, your and, you best know,
2: might be different than my best.
0: Right, right. And I don't necessarily disagree with that because just like in every, every other aspect, you yeah. know, God deserves the very best we have to offer. Absolutely. Uh, but those same people that you'll hear say that, you know, yeah. will dress, yeah. will live up to that standard on Sunday morning, Sunday yeah. night, you know, during the church gatherings. But when it comes to Wednesday night, which is considered as equal, as lesser value of the services that's on Sunday or for any other outside event or something like that, they're down to their, you know, their shorts, ball caps, casual, shirts casuals, yeah. stuff like that. And to me... Correct me if I'm wrong, that's kind of a double standard, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of face to face because God's house is God's house no matter when you're in it. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, so here I mean, here's here's the thing. Like, yeah, dress your son dress you I mean, the whole dress your Sunday's best, you know, I I totally I totally get that and support that. But that doesn't mean a woman wearing a wearing a dress. That doesn't mean a man wearing a pantsuit suit and tie. Um I mean, that could everybody's, be like you
2: wearing a t-shirt, nice sports coat, nice jeans, pair of sneakers. Right. Or it could be me wearing a polo, some nice pants, and a pair of dress boots. Exactly. I mean, everybody's
0: best is different. I, for one, don't have a single pair of slack, dress slacks, so silky dress slacks or nothing like that. And to be honest with you, even if I did, I doubt that I'd wear them. <laughs> i know? wear them once a year. But, <laughs> you know, but, I mean, the main thing is modesty and lack of modest. Okay, a lack of modesty. All right, The use your common sense. Mm -hmm. Do not come in this, go into a church, any church, uh, where the Holy Spirit is reverenced. Where your shirt, your, your skirt is so short that it wouldn't take much effort at all to see everything you got up under. Mm-hmm. You know, or your dresses or, or your shirt or whatever is so low cut that it's popping out, or and what you're wearing is so tight that you can see every guy come cracking, crevice on your body.
3: And and it you know, when it says with becoming, with becometh women professing godliness, you don't want to bring reproach. Exactly, upon God, because you know? well, and but
0: what, what you're doing though is is like it says in First Timothy two, verse nine and ten is, um, you are. Uh oh no, sorry, I've got the wrong passage of scripture. Romans fourteen thirteen, sorry. Yeah. Um the idea is taking people's focus off of God and on you, right? Yeah. We're all flesh. That's exactly what we are, okay? Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but if a lady is directly flaunting herself in front of you, how hard is it to turn away? You're right. I'm not I mean that that's, that's how it is. Yeah. You have to put forth an effort, all right, to turn against your flesh yeah. and look away. All right. So when a woman woman is directly dressing in that way where it is enticing somebody else to sin, that's causing themselves to sin by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're calling you're being a stumbling block to that person that's there to try to find rejuvenation in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Okay, you're, you're being a bad similar block. Like you said, though, it's also for men as well. Men don't yeah. come in with skinny jeans that's showing everything you got. No. You know? And I'm not just... I'm not... I'm just using skinny jeans as an example because they are. They're, they're called skinny jeans <laughs> yeah. for a reason. I mean, they literally... Like, they're so tight. You can see every single thing that's up under them. You know? It's... it's you can't... That's stuff that you can't do because it... It, it, it's not bringing glory to God. As a matter of fact, it's causing being a stumble like block. You're taking people's direct to focus and the direct to attention off of God and onto you. Right? Absolutely. Right. And so you are causing them to sin. Therefore, you are sinning. Absolutely, and
2: that's also another. That's another double standard. If a man that's wearing those skinny jeans and the tight shirts and all this that, and the other are telling women, "Hey, y'all don't need to dress like this. You're a distraction." Right. But in all reality, you're being a distraction as well.
0: And right. Re- okay. All right. So. And in, in retrospect here, those that say, you know, a hey, dress in your Sunday best and they come in with all the blitz and glam on, uh, the, the, um, the big hats, the jewels, the pearls, the dress, you know, all, you know, heavy, heavy makeup, you know, the, the shiny and sparkly and all that stuff. You're kind of doing the same thing. You might not be showing your body. You might not, you know, and stuff like that, but you're kind of doing the same thing. It almost, like, you come in and say, oh, look at me, look at me, and you're causing attention to go Church is not a fashion show. Garden. It's right. And church, church is, is
2: not a place to find a date.
0: And it's, this is, what it is I mean, it, I mean, it, well, well, there's some gray area there. You know? <laughs> I mean, because honestly, like, as a Christian, as a, as a Christian, you know, you're, you know, and when you're looking for a spouse, you want it to be a Christian, so you don't come to church to find a date. But a yes. lot of times, yeah. that's kind of what happens. Right. But like,
2: but if it if God has everything working out for it to come together, it's going to come together regardless. Right. But if you're if the only reason you go to church
0: yeah, is to find a date, this isn't a country club. No, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, but like, I mean, it's what the Bible. Yeah, we, we
3: we talked about that last episode about how uh, men shouldn't come to church to be part of a fraternity.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But like this is exactly what Paul was talking about in First Timothy two nine, where it says, you know, women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. What, what, you know, and I, I'm gonna skip down to verse ten, where it said, but which becometh women professing godliness. You know what the one character or the number one quality of godliness is? Humility. Yes. Okay. So. Coming all fancied up and stuff, you're in a way, I mean, you're completely contradicting what Paul's teaching here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, because it's almost like, look at me, look at me. Yeah. It's, not, it's not, you went past the point of trying to dress my son your best. You went past that to where now, like, hey, look at me, look how well-dressed I am. And that, in turn, is doing the same, having the same effect as what somebody that's coming in dressing in a lack of modesty way that's showing their body off Mm -hmm. is you're taking people's attention off of God and putting it on yourself. Yeah. All right. That's just directly what the Bible teaches about it. You know, I mean, come dressed in humility, dressed appropriately, you know, but dressed in humility and everything and just ready to to worship God and sit yourself to the side. Absolutely. And
3: and I want to add this to that as well. Um, Just if somebody was to come to church not modestly dressed, that does not give an excuse to look upon that person. Absolutely no, not. No. That does not give an excuse to look upon that person like with lust or um, even you know judgment. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, that doesn't give you an um, a free pass to do that because they're in the wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you look upon that person. You are just as much in the wrong
0: as are. I mean, they are. two wrongs don't make a right. Correct. You yeah, know, just because somebody is doing something they're not supposed to be doing, you still—I mean, the Bible completely, specifically says cement, sin does not have no dominion over us. Yeah. All right, we have it within ourselves by the by as believers, we have the power of Christ in us to resist, mm-hmm. to turn away. You know, so yeah, we just I mean, have to be willing
2: right. to do that rather than just oh, I'm just going to look over here and not
0: even try. The point of the matter is, is somebody that's dressing that way is enticing somebody else's flesh. Yes, and that is wrong. Yeah, unequivocally wrong. Um, Let's see, I have this verse right here
3: in Matthew chapter. Matthew chapter five, verses twenty-eight through thirty. It says, "But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart." So I want to stop there for a second because that's verse twenty-eight. Many times, when you look at adultery, and when Jesus talks about adultery, uh, or in any time adultery is mentioned in the Bible, the person that the that they're committing adultery with is also in adultery, though they might not be married. Right. right, right. So if a married man sleeps with a woman that's not married, she is still committing adultery. You're right. Um, in that aspect as well. So, whenever it says right here, whosoever that looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery. The woman, if they are dressing in a way such that it will cause somebody to be lustful, and they're doing it purposely, right? If they are causing, they are in the same act mm-hmm. <laughs> of adultery. Yeah. Um, right. And so, that's verse 28. Verse 29 says, And if thy ought, Right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that hath that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee, for it is profiteth profitable for thee that no that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. So I mean if I guess the reason I'm putting this here is it's not right to look at that woman either way. Mm -hmm. Or man. Yes. Vice versa. It doesn't make it okay to do it. (laughs) Because that person is acting the way they're acting or dressing the way they're dressing.
0: Well, read that passage of Scripture one more time. Just the one that said the man will look upon the woman. Read that one more time.
3: The 28? Yeah. uh, It says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. So I think
0: the key verse in that is to lust after her. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is nothing wrong with per se seeing a woman, right? Yeah, uh, and thinking, wow, that's a, she's a, she's a pretty lady. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong. I mean, we are. I mean, you know, we really think about it. We were designed by the Creator. Yeah. I mean, God Almighty created us and designed us. Yeah. You know, right? So I mean, we're just. Some are prettier than others, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, but I mean, we just, you know, that we are God's most precious creation. Yeah. We are most, you know, you want to see the beauty of God, you look at people, um, you know, so. There is nothing wrong with, you know, a, a woman seeing a man and saying, Hey, he's a good he's a nice looking man or a you know, man seeing a woman, you know, out and about and saying, Hey, she's a nice looking lady. And there ain't nothing wrong with it at all with that. It's the lust behind that thought. Is mm-hmm. if, if you let your thought go beyond, um, oh, she's a pretty lady and then it turns into, gosh, I would really like to get with her. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that's when it becomes yeah. bad. That's when right. it becomes sin. All right, but so A lady walking in um, and just, you know, a dress, dressed in a modest apparel that's not showing anything off, but she's just nicely dressed and therefore looks nice, you know, has done nothing wrong, you know. But if she comes in, you know, with, I mean, showing everything, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and directly entices that man's flesh to the point that he can't get past, oh, she's pretty, she's something else, that's wrong that's yes. when it becomes wrong yeah on both of their part it's not justifiable like you said for the man to think right. that but at the same time that's a sin that he wouldn't have committed if she hadn't have done that yeah right. you know um
3: that's that's pretty much all I got um y'all got anything you want to add to that?
0: no I mean I think that was a really good study and that was uh, it was you know very very good study very informative and once again this is this is just a study to help us become more efficient Christians to help us grow in the knowledge of the word you know just because you know as Christians you know we're supposed to be cross like right we we are to love God's commands love the word and to try to live the way he would like us love for us to live and that is a lot of times acknowledging the hard truths mm-hmm. yep yeah.
3: Um, yeah and many times too I've question before, um, you know, where in the Bible does it even talk about women can't be preachers? Where, where in the Bible does it talk about uh, wives be submissive to husbands? And um, hopefully, I mean, I've grown through this study, learning uh, different passages and cross-referencing stuff. Um, hopefully we were able to help somebody else kind of learn a little bit. And um, the, the role of this was not to browbeat women. No, um, this was you know. to...
2: Um, for us to learn as much as it is for those that are listening Mm -hmm. to learn, because, you know, we have to study and we have to prepare for this. So we are learning something new every single episode. Right, right.
0: Well, and and another thing that I kind of want to add, I do want to add right quick is preaching isn't something that uh, preaching, just preaching. Isn't something that's specifically only for the role of the man or the woman the, uh, of, of the man? That mm-hmm. is for the woman too. Preaching, you know, that's the Great Commission, right? I mean, we're going yeah. to the whole world, to the Jew and the Gentile. Yeah, you know, uh, to all of mankind. That that's basically speaking of what you know, telling you know, telling of scriptures, telling of what Christ has done for us. You know, cl- witnessing to people, you know, about uh, I mean, witnessing the gospel. That is what preaching actually. That yeah. I mean, that that's considered preaching. So that's something for woman women and men, but being like an, envelop- an evan- um, evangelist. Yes. You know, where you're directly playing the role as a preacher in the church, that yeah. turns into an authoritative figure. Right. Um, pastoring, you know, you are the under-shepherd, you know, leading the flock. You know, you are an authoritative figure. That's where it becomes mm-hmm. wrong for a woman because it simply contradicts God's design. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, And
3: yeah, just to kind of build on that before we... Close out. I mean, you look at the woman in the well. He told her
2: to everything rock. she'd ever done.
3: Yeah. It, well, he told her to go tell them. Yeah. That he's done rock. for her. Right. Um, and so, it, like I said, this was this this series is mainly to look at both men and women's roles and kind of discern the differences between the two and how, as a godly family, you should operate. Yeah. Um, with the roles designated from. Uh, from the word and from Christ. Um you wanna close us out and pray? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Lord, I love you. Thank you for the day that you've given us Lord. Lord, I just want to lift up everyone in our church and everyone that's listening, Lord. Lord, it just seems like, you know, in these last days that um that heat just keeps on getting hotter and hotter, Lord. And I ask that you would just lift up everyone's spirits, Lord. I ask that you would put a hedge of protection on everyone in our church and their families and their friends, Lord. I ask that you would allow your light to shine through us, Lord. I ask that you would um bless everyone that was listening today, Lord. And I ask that you would um allow us to continue to grow in your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.
1: Cause I'm just a nobody, nobody Trying to tell everybody All about some sous